Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I'm your host, Ren Robbins, and I'm excited that you're here. This is the place where you will feel encouraged as I share with you my friends' God stories. Whether you are on your commute to work, folding the laundry, or taking me along with you on your walk, I pray that you will feel seen by God and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. Let's jump in. Well, y'all, welcome back to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I am so excited to welcome you back to hear from my new internet friend, Claudia McDivitt. Claudia is a transformational business and mindset coach. She's a wife, a mom, and coffee lover. She lives in Conway, Arkansas with her husband, Nathan, and two kids, Rhett and Zoe. She's always up for an adventure and loves sitting down with friends over a good cup of coffee. She's a big dreamer and a nutrition and fitness enthusiast. And if you see her on Instagram, you will see that. Her husband is in full-time ministry and they spent over two years in their marriage overseas serving in South Africa. We're going to hear a little bit about that. They moved back to the States in 2014, lived in Tennessee for a few years now, and now they are in Arkansas. She is a certified business mindset coach and certified faster way coach. So y'all welcome my friend Claudia to the podcast. I'm so excited to be here, Ren. This is so fun because we realized we were like down the street from each other. I mean, not really. You're in Conway, Arkansas. I'm in Memphis, but still pretty close. Yes, very close. Very close. So this is so neat. I'm so excited to have you on. We're going to talk about a lot of things. We're talking about business, but we're talking about balance in, you know, us as women, as um, some of us are moms, of how to balance all that with work and life and maybe ministry and small group, discipleship, all the things. But before we do, I want to go back to when you and your husband went to South Africa, like at the first of your marriage. So tell me, how did you get there? (laughs) Yes. Oh my goodness. So, I mean, I can close my eyes and I can be back in those first couple years of our marriage and our time spent in South Africa. And so the journey getting there is um, very sweet and definitely the Lord was in each step. So kind of backstory, my husband graduated from college and then he moved to Franklin, Tennessee, where he interned at a church who partnered with the organization that we worked with in South Africa. And so he went for the first time in 2011 on a short-term trip. And so he went and we were just friends at that point. And I remember him getting back from that trip and we were talking about it and he fell in love with this place. And I mean, even from those first moments, I remember just thinking to myself, he would love to live there one day. And so another year goes by, we actually started dating officially our date. When he says we started dating and when I say we started dating are a little bit different, but in (laughs) August, we started dating of that year. And then I started, that was my senior year of college. And so I was going through my senior year and the beginning of the year came and I was sitting in a J term class um, that I needed to take. And so I was sitting there and Nathan messaged me and said, is there any way that you could go on this, on this trip to South Africa? And it was about at that point, like three weeks away. 
And I was like, whoa, what do you mean? And so I leave math class, I leave this math class and I call him and was just like, what are you talking about? You know, and he begins to tell me that someone on staff had approached him about possibly moving to South Africa to take the place of a missionary that was currently there because they were going to be transitioning home. And he, of course, was so excited, but told this friend that there was, you know, one hiccup that he was kind of dating somebody that he was really serious about. And the friend said she needs to be on this trip in a couple of weeks. And so by the Lord just putting so many things together for us and me being able to raise money, $3,000 to go on this trip. Three weeks later, I was sitting on a plane with Nathan on the way to South Africa. And so looking back on how we got there for the first time is just mind blowing to me. Mm. And it was on that trip when we were there, that short term trip that I really began to see what Nathan was seeing in this place, how special it was, how beautiful the people were, the community. And we, I fell in love with it just like he did. And so we actually got engaged on that trip <laughs> two days wow. before we came home. He proposed on Nordic Beach in South Africa. And we came home and we slowly began that process of moving there full time after our wedding in September. And so we got married in September of 2012. And then we moved five weeks later. Wow. So what an amazing story. But then also... I mean, that's a life change for you to get married. And then all of a sudden you're in a different country. Wow. Yes. I mean, I graduated in May. We got married in September and then we moved overseas in October. And so it was a lot of life change, a lot of transition. I remember looking at Nathan when we said bye to our family at the airport and we were on the little walkway that moves and I was just bawling. And I remember looking at him and saying, you're going to take care of me, right? And my husband is just the most kind man in the entire world. And I just remember he just pulled me close and said, absolutely, this is going to be amazing. And so mm. it, yeah, it was just really neat how everything just really came together and we ended up there. Wow. Okay. So during that time, did God start stirring in your heart about adoption or was it later? It was definitely there. Whenever we were dating, we had had some conversation about adoption, but I would say it was really once we were in South Africa, we served in a community called Red Hill and we worked with kids and teenagers. And so we would put on after school clubs. Nathan was a math major in school, so he would tutor in some of the primary schools. I would work in some of the preschools with um, the locals that we worked with. And so it was one week that there was a brother and sister and they were being cared for by their grandmother who was very old and they would come to our clubs and they would be in the same clothes for days on end. Um, a lot of the time, you know, it would be they had gone to the bathroom on themselves, but they didn't have clothes to change into. And so we just started noticing this along with Lumka and Kennedy, who were the locals that we worked very close with. And it came to the point where Lumka actually asked us after getting permission from the organization that we worked for, Living Hope, asked us if we could take them to our house for a few days just so we could give them a bath 
and get them food and just so they could sleep, all of those things, just care for their basic needs for a few days. Mm -hmm. And we were like, oh my gosh, absolutely. Yes. You know, they didn't speak English. So there was definitely that language barrier. We could tell they were afraid. It was very, it was very eye-opening and very hard those two days. Um, Of course, we were so open to having them in our home, but just the language barrier and just really seeing the fear on their face of what is happening was really hard. But I believe it was in those few days that we had them in our home that the Lord really began to stir in our hearts. What would it look like for you to bring a child into your family through adoption? And, you know, those were conversations that we just began to have. And, you know, it, it didn't come to fruition until years down the road, but I do believe that is where the Lord really began to stir our hearts towards adoption. Well, and what an amazing picture of obedience, because if y'all had never, you know, gone to um, South Africa and really taken that step of faith, you know, that God wanted to do a work in your heart for that. And he would accomplish his desires, but he uh, used that as, you know, a place where he would speak to you about that, about adoption. And that's amazing. So how many years later did you actually adopt Zoe and bring her home? Yeah, so we moved back to the States in April of 2014. And then we actually, I got pregnant about a year later. And then once my son turned one, so that was November 2016, we began to open up that conversation again more seriously. And Mm -hmm. we got to the point where we acknowledged that if we didn't, start taking steps forward towards this process of adoption, then we weren't being obedient to where we felt like the Lord was leading us. And so we started the process looking for an agency, all of those things in January of 2017. That's when we started everything. Okay. So your children are how far apart? They are two and a half. Okay. Okay. So the process, so you started the process and then we're able to bring Zoe home a few years later, a couple years later. So she, you know, we started in January, 2017. We first held her June 23rd of 2018. So it was about 19 months from the start to holding her. And then it was another 19 months until we finalized. And so that road you know, I think both of the seasons, you know, waiting to be matched with her. And then from when we held her until she was officially a McDivitt, both of those seasons taught us different things. And they were both difficult. Um, They were both, we celebrated in each of the seasons and we were devastated in both of the seasons. And so I think the Lord has just taught us so much about who he is and how much he loves us and how he pursues us through our adoption journey with Zoe. So you mentioned devastation. Were there a lot of moments of devastation? How would you describe those? So I think in the first 19 months, we had potential matches throughout those 19 months. And, you know, whether or not a birth mom decided to parent their child and not place their child for adoption or, there were some who, you know, we were, our book was shown to these moms, but they decided to go with another family. 
And, you know, even though there was such a tension in those moments, because on one end, of course, like a child being raised by their biological mom, that is to be celebrated. We love that. But there again, there was a little bit of a loss because we were just excited about the potential of it. And then on the other end, you know, you're you know that your book's being shown to a potential mom with other families and they decide to go with another family. And so I think just the back and forth, the emotions, the roller coaster was really hard. And then once we brought Zoe home, it was just the unknown of is she gonna be with us forever? Because um there was just some things that happened with her birth father and I'm not going to go into all of that just out of privacy, but you know, there was, there was a journey there. And I think the question I kept asking myself is what if God's best or his plan didn't align with what I wanted? Is he still good? And that's a question that I had to keep asking myself because there were moments where I didn't know the answer to that. And that is when we lean so heavily on our community that was carrying us through those questions and those hard times. And I think that's what is so beautiful about the church and about the body of Christ is that we can hold each other up when, you know, we're walking through those really difficult moments that it just doesn't make sense. And so I think there was difficult seasons in both, but there was also obviously celebration in both seasons. And we're just, we're thank, we're very thankful for this journey of adoption. It's changed me. It's changed how I view God in such a huge way. Mm. Well, and you mentioned the roller coaster of emotions and everybody thinks, you know, in the middle of the adoption process that they're, yes, that we can agree. And then, you know, we don't really think about after when you bring your child home of how, you know, the fear of, you know, if it's not um, settled that she's staying with you yet, that there is a fear in that. And so uh, I'm glad you brought those two up. And, you know, when we talk about the roller coaster of emotions, we kind of have to think about how our thoughts matter. I've started reading a book, Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen, and it's such an important book, I think, and it's important, uh, important thing for us as women and as believers to really um, know there's an enemy out there and there is an enemy that can speak into you without you really realizing. And so how would you say our thoughts matter? You're a mindset coach, so you work on that a lot with, with others. So how do our thoughts really, why do they matter so much? Yeah, I have become very passionate about mindset really over the past two years because I have seen how much my mindset has affected me, even from a very young age. I mean, I'm talking about growing up, middle school, high school, college, how I viewed myself wasn't in the way that God views me, you know? And, and I mean, just an example for that. I remember I struggled in school. It did not come easy for me. I had to study a lot. And so I would make comments like I'm not smart and I would laugh it off and I would say it to my friends and let it roll off my shoulder. But the reality is that thought took root in my mind. And it's something that I believed about myself for years and years and years. And it's still something that I have to fight daily. This thought of I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I'll never amount to anything. But I could see how that thought growing up and, you know, through school and college 
really took root in my mind. And I think the way that we view ourselves and the way we view other people and the things and the the lies that we believe about ourselves, it's something that we can just start to believe. And we just, again, roll it off our shoulder. We don't think twice about it when it's really affecting us us in such a bigger way that we don't recognize until we recognize it. How would we experience freedom in that? Like practical ways that we can really overcome that? So for me, whenever I have a thought about myself that is negative, now I really try to hold it up against what God says about me. I mean, that's the first step for me. Like if this, I'm not smart or I'm not enough. Where is that coming from? Where is that stemming from? For me, it's coming from a place of hurt and abandonment growing up and feelings of, you know, not being enough through middle school and high school when friends seemed like they had this perfect families and things that I didn't have. And why didn't I have those things? And so I think for me, these feelings of not enough have stemmed from such a young age But when I hold it up against the Bible and what God says about me and that he says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, that is truth. That is what I can hold on to. And so for me, and I encourage others, like, what does God say? Like, I know this is the lie that you are believing right now about yourself, but like, tell me what God says about you. Tell me what the word says about who you are and how he's created you. And that is. That's definitely the first thing that I encourage others to do. Yeah, I think that's so good and practical. And it's like realizing that those thoughts are there and recognizing them and saying, oh, that's what I'm telling myself. You know, like that's that's something that is not the truth. That is a lie. And so I I agree with you. I think, you know, really looking at that and holding it up to scripture. I love that. That's a great practical way. Do you have any other practical ways we can do that? It starts with that for sure. I love that. Yeah, I think community. I mean, I Mm. think having your people, you know, I am very blessed and thankful that I have a group of girlfriends that lift me up, that they sit with me in the trenches, that they celebrate with me on the mountaintops. They know my heart's desires. They know the good, the bad, the ugly, and they know the things that I struggle with. And so to be able to text them or send them a Marco Polo and say, I'm struggling today. This is the lie that I'm believing. Can you please speak into this? And being having that group of people that you can be vulnerable with and that will speak into it. I remember when I launched my website for the first time and then I kind of redid some things and put it out there again. And there was so much doubt and fear in my mind in that moment. I started to go back to that thought pattern of I'm not enough. People are going to think I'm you know, crazy. What are they going to say? Are they going to say, who is she thinking that she can coach people on this topic? And I had to reach out to them and say, I'm, I'm so worked up right now. Can you pray for me? Can you speak truth into my life? And they did that. And Mm. it's amazing. Just the release of being able to have those people that can come alongside of you in that way and that know you and that can speak truth into your life when you really do need it. And so I would definitely say like community, 
those people that you can be vulnerable with is such a huge part of this journey. I agree because when we reach out to someone or somebody close to us that and just ask them to pray, like there's power in that. There's power in that. And um and I, I love that you said that because of the community that God, you know, he wants us to have community. He wants us to lift each other's arms up. So I, I think that's a great thing, especially with things that we struggle with. And this, you know, we have to be vulnerable, but um I think that is a, a worthwhile um, thing to do. Okay. So you mentioned your website and I know that you blog and I want to go kind of in a different direction because you, on your blog, you listed five ways that we could live a balanced life, no matter if we are small group leaders or we teach Sunday school, or if we are pouring into our kids at home, if we're a stay-at-home mom, if we go into the workplace, if we have our own side, you know, side gig or a business of our own, how can we balance work, health, family? I am turning up my listening ears to 10 because I need some <laughs> help in this. So tell us what you have experienced and um, some advice for us. Yeah, so I definitely want to start off by saying that balance is really hard. So if you're listening to this, I don't want you for a second to be like, oh my goodness, Claudia knows all of these things and she's perfect in all these areas. That is definitely not the case, but these are practical ways that have really helped me on this journey. And I pray that they'll help you as you're listening, as you think through what does balance look like in my life? Because mm -hmm. this is a hard topic to talk about, especially if you're a mom, if you're a wife, if you work full time outside the home, in the home, if you're trying to start a business, no matter where you are, balance is hard. And so the things that I talked about on this specific blog post were the first one was gratitude. And I think that this has been a really sweet journey for me because gratitude causes us to slow down. It causes us to slow down and acknowledge the ways that the Lord is moving in our lives. We're all busy. We have a million things going on and it's really easy to kind of skim past this huge part of acknowledging the gifts he's given us. And so that is one thing that I try to be really intentional about. What can I celebrate today? I'm all about celebration. I love to celebrate. I'm an Enneagram seven. So I'm all about let's party. But I think it's important to celebrate things. I think it's important to stop and to show gratitude for what God is doing, ways that he's moving you, maybe things that he's doing within your family, maybe the ways that he's restored a friendship, whatever the case may be, stop and giving thanks is huge when it comes to finding that balance. Another area is nutrition. Like Ren said, I am a huge fan of nutrition and exercise. My mindset has had a huge shift in these areas as well. But nutrition, what we put in our body matters. If we're feeding ourselves processed foods 90% of the time, we're going to be tired. We're going to be fatigued. We're not going to be able to move through our day with the energy that we should have. And so taking time to fill our bodies with whole foods, and that doesn't mean that you're eating salads for every meal. Trust me, I eat a lot and I eat a lot of things, not just salads, 
but being intentional about what we're putting in our body, because when we feel fueled by our food, we are going to be able to, again, move throughout our day with energy. We're going to be able to step into those places that the Lord is calling us as a mom, as a wife, as a friend, as a sister, as a business owner with energy. And that is going to help us just feel good throughout our days. Another thing that goes with nutrition is exercise and rest. And, you know, you might hear me say those things together and be like, wait a second, those are different, but they're (laughs) both important. It's important Mm. to move our bodies. Our bodies crave movement. If that's a walk, if that's a run, if that's yoga or a kickboxing class, whatever the case may be, moving your body, allowing your body to feel movement is really important. But on the other side of that, rest is important. And I didn't value rest as much as I do now until I was a faster way client and now coach because I didn't see the importance of it. But now I'm in a place where if I'm tired and my body is telling me that it needs to rest, I will not push through a workout just to say that I've done a workout. That's Mm -hmm. not the right mindset to have around exercise. I will choose to rest and allow my body that time to rest because it is so important. And so, you know, balancing the exercise and rest piece, I think is huge. And then time with family. I think that this looks different for everybody, but for me as a mom and a wife and someone who's running two businesses, it's easy to sacrifice that time and fill it with work. And so to be able to put the phone away, to be able to say, my husband is off on Fridays. And so Friday mornings are kind of a time that we do things as family. And so having time with family, going on a day trip, if you can, or, you know, finding something to do in your city or, you know, staying at home and doing something, but just carving out that intentional time together. And then as far as Nathan and I, we have a date night every month. It's a non-negotiable for us. We get it on the calendar and we get a sitter and we go and we have that time together. And I know right now with everything going on in the world, date nights might look a little different. They might look like you're at home, but carving out that time that you are spending one-on-one with your spouse, reconnecting and being able to have intentional conversation has just been really huge for our marriage. And it's something that, again, we are very intentional about. And it's not something that we kind of push to the side. We That's something that we try to do every single month. And so, again, I know this can look different for everybody, but just finding what does intentional time with my family look like? And then the last thing is that I talk about is leave space to dream. You know, I, like I said earlier, I'm an Enneagram seven. I love dreaming. One of my top five strengths is futuristic. So I love looking to the future. I love making plans that energizes me. I know that's not the case for everybody, but even if it doesn't energize you, I think taking time to think about this is where I am and this is where I would like to be a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, what's it going to take for me to get there? Like these are big dreams that I have for myself, my family, my business. And I would like to make some practical steps to get there. 
Well, you're not going to be able to make those steps until you acknowledge those dreams that are in your heart. And so taking the time for yourself to dream about the future, I think is really important. And I've seen how taking that time, I mean, I've seen it personally, but I've also seen it for friends, just the impact that it's had on their lives in such a beautiful way. I love all these that you talked about with gratitude, nutrition, rest and exercise, time with family and leaving space to dream. And the common thread I kept hearing you say was intentional and intentionality. And that's something that I am praying for. Like I'm asking the Lord, Lord, help me to be more disciplined, help me to be more intentional with um, and especially all these areas. So those are great. I love practical things. And so now I can even have this specifically of how I can pray specifically. I mean, I was right on number two when you were talking about nutrition. I was like, I just ate a huge, huge Nutella thing yesterday. But it's (laughs) you said it's the 90%, like if you're consuming 90% of processed foods. So I'm not at 90, but I might be close. So I'm going to I'm gonna really work on that and pray <laughs> that the Lord will help me um, be disciplined in that. Um, but I, these are great. These are all really, really beneficial, no matter what stage of life we're mm-hmm. in. So I appreciate those. Okay, so we're almost out of time. Ah! Um, <laughs> what, what would you say to the woman that is walking in, um, she's walking with the Lord and she has her kids that she is either homeschooling at home or they're in school and maybe she has a side business or maybe she has a ministry. What would you say to her? Like the one thing that Claudia would say to them right now? Yeah, that's such a great question. I think the first thing that comes to my mind is take a deep breath, Mm. just inhale and exhale. We wear a lot of hats. We wear a lot of hats as women as moms, as business owners, there's so many things that we need to get done. But I think if I could speak to that one person, I think it would be give yourself grace. You know, you can't do it all, all the time. And so I think when you allow yourself to kind of look at these things that I talked about and see where you are, kind of do a check-in with yourself, where am I in these areas? I think that is a great first step. And then I also think on the days when you don't get it all done, it's okay. You know, I think we try to strive for this perfection in all that we do. And that's very natural for women to strive for perfection in these areas. And the reality is we're never going to be perfect. There's always going to be a ball that drops. And so we've got to give ourselves grace in those areas or we're going to start having this negative mindset towards ourselves and I can't do it all. I've done this. I've, and instead of starting from a place of gratitude and positive thinking of this is what I have done, you're starting from this is what I haven't done. And so I think even that simple shift and taking time to express gratitude and just starting from a place of positive thinking is huge. But I think the one thing would be, you're amazing. Like, look at all that you're doing. Look at the impact you're having in your home and in your business and your community. Celebrate those things. And not that you don't want to move forward and, you know, make changes, but take time to celebrate what you're doing well. I think we just so many times focus on all the things we're not doing 
and we don't take time to recognize the things that we are doing. And it's okay to celebrate those. Don't feel bad. That's not selfish. Celebrate the things that you are doing well in this season. Ooh, that's so good. I had a friend uh, text me this morning and said, I got up early and read my Bible. You know, like that was something we were talking about instead of doing it when the kids go off to school, like let's get up early and do it. And so it's just, it's cheering each other on. So I love that you said that too. It's really important to celebrate those small things that end up being big things. So, okay. So I ask all my guests at the end of each episode, what are they eating, reading, and loving? And I saw your Insta stories. You have amazing, like you like to eat, and I do too. So I'm happy (laughs) about that. So tell us what you're eating. Oh, goodness. I'm eating all the things, sister. (laughs) I mean, everything. But I I love creating new meals. One of my favorite things to create is like a bowl recipe where I take, you know, some ground beef and then I throw in some veggies. I throw in some rice or whatever the case may be. And I just like put this bowl concoction together and it tastes amazing. And so I love creating meals for my family and for my clients to try. I'm not a huge baker. I don't enjoy like the baking side, but I do love cooking. And so what am I eating specifically? I mean, honestly, I'm eating everything. I mean, truly, I'm eating everything. So I don't know if I can pick one thing. Okay. What about snacks? Like your favorite snack? Okay. I do love a good fruit smoothie. I love a good fruit smoothie. I love a rice cake with a nut butter on top with some dark chocolate chips. That's amazing. Yes. So I do love that. I like that. Okay. What are you reading? So right now I am, I actually just started a couple weeks ago. I'm reading Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. And she really just walks through four skill sets for courageous leadership. And I am not all the way through it yet, but the things that she hones in on are rumbling with vulnerability. So what it looks like to be vulnerable, living your values, braving trust and learning to rise. And so those are kind of the four things that she's building off of in her book. And I'm really loving it. Okay, good. And what are you loving besides the book? (laughs) (laughs) I'm loving time with family. I mean, like you said in the intro, my husband's in full-time ministry. And so there's a lot going on always in that, you know, it's not a nine to five job. And so Mm -hmm. I've really enjoyed the slowdown. I've enjoyed time with family. I love adventure and spontaneous weekend trips. And so we've tried to build those in, you know, day trips, overnight trips, you know, driving somewhere close and getting an Airbnb. I just am loving being together in this season with my husband and my kids because I know that things are about to shift for me. Rhett starts kindergarten in the fall and Mm. that's stepping into a new season. And so I'm just trying to soak up the time that we have together. Mm, That's good. And I think a lot of people are doing that right now. Um, In the past year, we've kind of, I know I have been alerted more to um, spending time, you know, concentrated time and intentional time. So thank you so much, Claudia, for coming on the podcast today. Tell me or tell everybody where they can find you. You can find me on Instagram, just at Claudia McDivitt. That is where I do a lot of behind the scenes things on my stories. And I do post a lot of meals and business tips and mindset things. And so definitely follow me on there. And then my website is just claudiamcdivitt.com. So you can find me on there too. 
Great. And I will put all those in the show notes as well. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. This was great. And you gave us a lot of practical advice and I appreciate that so much. Thank you so much, Ren. It's been so great. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Friends of a Feather podcast today. I pray you were encouraged. And if you were, I want to connect you with our Friends of a Feather community. So something new I'm starting in 2021 is every month I will be hosting a Friday Zoom meetup for all Friends of a Feather podcast listeners to connect and talk about the episodes from the month. I'm really excited and I would love for you to join in. You can go to my website at renrobbins.com and on the homepage there, you can find out all the information. It's a free group, but it's a really great way for us to all share about the episodes, share some takeaways and have community together. So I will see you in that Zoom room the last Friday of every month. Remember, we are all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friend.